You're listening to the Mind Your Home podcast. I'm your host, Mia Danielle, and I'm here to tell you that the number one thing you can optimize to give you more energy and happiness is your environment. If you're tired of the chaotic cycle and ready to feel energized at home with more simplicity, more energy, and less clutter, then welcome to the Mind Your Home podcast. you've noticed this, but autumn is like the quintessential self-care season. With the crisp air and the cozy sweaters and the vibrant leaves, it really tends to spark this collective turn towards self-care and introspection. A change from the extroverted energy of summer to the more introverted vibes of fall can really coax us to look inward. And of course, as the days grow shorter and the temperatures drop, there is this natural inclination to slow down draw inward and really nourish on physical and emotional and even mental levels. It's like the environment naturally nudges people into self-care and recuperation through things like colorful nature walks and hearty meals and cozy bundling under layers of blankets. Of course, it's not all fuzzies and cocoa. Tons of people, myself included, have to watch out for seasonal affective disorder, also known as SAD, a depression that's triggered by reduced sunlight. And this is especially common for those who live in the north where the sunlight is way less and the rainy days are all too prevalent. The decrease in daylight not only affects mood and energy, it can also intensify feelings of burnout. I mean, you've got the final quarter of the year, leaving many people to already feeling stretched thin from prolonged stress and overwork, and then adding in the weight of symptoms like fatigue and mood swings, making it even harder to stay energized and focused, and then also leading to a deeper sense of exhaustion and detachment. The good news is, like we said earlier, if you are experiencing some anxiety and burnout, there's really no better time than the beautiful earthy autumn to integrate some cozy self-care practices at home. Today I'm sharing the tools that are my personal personal go-tos, my counterbalance and safeguard against crashing from burnout. They help my body to unclench and heal, and they also help me to realign and become more in balance and efficient with my time and energy. My most inspirational ideas come through these moments, and my most connected family moments come right after these practices. Here's what it looks like for me. The first thing that I tend to seek and to crave when I'm feeling burnout is sensory deprivation. We tend to feel anxious and burnout when we're overstimulated, whether it's by an abundant to-do list or constant stressful stimuli. The first thing that my body and my mind crave is for everything to just stop, literally. I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to speak to anyone or even think. For example, at nighttime, usually I'll watch Schitt's Creek or something at nighttime right before I go to bed or when I'm taking a nap during the day. But when I'm experiencing a lot of anxiety or burnout, I'll actually shut everything off and cover my eyes. That's how I can really tell that I need that extra sensory deprivation and that I need that extra time to restore. On the plus side, autumn is a great time to be able to practice sensory deprivation because one of my favorite things to do is to take a hot bath and hold my breath underwater just to remove the weight of gravity and muffle the sounds of the house. And this is something that I really can't enjoy quite as much during the summer when it's really hot and sticky and sweaty outside. So I do enjoy when the cooler temperatures start to come in in the fall that I can take back that form of self-care of just really soaking into a hot bath and feeling super relieved by it because it was so chilly outside. It's like a sensory wash. That's how I visualize it. I find that visualizing can be crucial in managing anxiety and stress of any kind, but visualization doesn't always mean imagining yourself on a sandy 
sandy beach somewhere. Sure, it can be great to have a mental retreat or something special, like a safe place for you in your head, but if you're already at your max, you might not find it very easy to sink into your mental vacation spot, and you really don't need to. The next form of self-care that I really often go for, especially here lately, is a jaw and mouth release. You could call this tending to the symptoms, which would look different for everyone, but for me here lately, it's been really manifesting in my jaw through these extreme clenching followed by just maddening TMJ and jaw popping. I used to get it really bad in my right scapula and sometimes I still do. So at that time I would do things that were specific to stretching out my shoulders and my upper back. So whatever symptoms you're having, really releasing those areas and focusing on the symptoms can be really huge. I also give a little extra TLC to my mouth through extra oral hygiene, mouth guards, drinking more water and less soda, and occasionally even swapping my hot sipping coffee for like an iced latte with a straw so I can just bypass my teeth altogether because when I clench a lot, my teeth can really start to hurt and all of these measures really help. So it's like self-care for my mouth and my jaw. I also naturally decrease coffee consumption in general. Like my body just doesn't even want it as much when I'm in crisis mode, which is good. Now I do want to point out that I do address the root cause of the anxiety and the burnout, but the symptoms tend to be the loudest. It's like the squeaky wheel that gets the grease. And that's also the lowest lying fruit. So I pull out my go-to tools, my jaw massages, my jaw stretches, my neck and head focused muscle relaxation, and that gives me a little bit of peace to be able to focus on things like the root cause. So for me, the whole sensory deprivation thing is like stopping the bleeding. It's like stopping the damage in its tracks and then tending to my jaw or wherever my strongest pain point is at the top of the triage is like wrapping the wound, you know, doing some emergent care. But number three for me is meditation. That's where I really start to heal and start to begin to at least address the root cause. Now, I know that not everyone is into meditation. And in fact, no matter how much I praise the positive effects it has on me here at home, not a single member of my family has the slightest interest in it. But for me, it is absolutely a lifeline. I'm really in tune with my body, maybe more than most, I don't know, but I can immediately feel the impacts of the right types of meditation on my mind and my body and just my general outlook. One of the most important things that I ever learned to do was to find moments to break out of autopilot, the autopilot that we all default to. I call this our perception bubble. The routines, the patterns, the frustrations, all of the expectations that we have of ourselves and that other people have about us, and it's overwhelming. And so taking a break from that in any way is healing to me, non-negotiable. Now, I go all out with my meditation. It's like a ritual relaxation for me. I put my body into zero G. Luckily, I have a bed that does that for me, which I know is absolutely ridiculous, but also I love it. So no shame. I turn on the vibrations, which my bed also has, and I just sink into a good body scan or a connecting meditation. You obviously don't need a special bed to do this. You can prop pillows under your legs. You can light candles, you know, just whatever gets you in that ritualistic space of just feeling amazing and feeling like you're fully connected to what you're doing. I fully believe that it's worth the effort. I like to stick to one source though. I keep it as an icon on the main screen of my phone so that there's no research or trial and error siphoning all of my good quality mental relief time. And I follow the artists that I enjoy the most so that I can get what I need and then find more of what I like.
And that's really how much stock I put into my meditation practice. It's not woo-woo to me. It's like biological for me as much as it is mental and spiritual. The rest of my list is really about healing and moving forward in a better direction, starting with the healing shopping list. So I've learned that certain foods make me feel more anxious and on edge. And also when I get super burned out, my immune system really suffers. I get more dry patches and have more skin issues. I already have psoriasis and I'll start noticing more patches from that just because of the stress and the impact that it has on my immune system. So I naturally gravitate toward a shopping list of things like fresh fruits and hummus and Greek yogurt. And I like to dig into a lot of oats and oatmeal and salmon and avocado avocados. Fall is a great time for a healing shopping list with all of the hearty, comfort, warm foods that you can find in the fall. The beef stews with all of the chunky chopped vegetables and tons of root vegetables and natural spices and things that you can find at the farmer's market. And then I get earthy. When I feel extra depleted, I like to unplug and get my hands on something raw and natural. I find it really grounding. This might mean spending more time caring for my plants. Or these are the times when I really like to dig into things like homemaking products, getting my hands into the kale and clay for an essential oil-infused clay mask, or a fragrant Epsom salt mixture. You know, the smells and the textures and just the nature of it really help me to feel grounded and healthy. There really is no better time to get earthy and to get the benefits of just that feeling grounded and rooted in nature than in autumn. Nature is all around you doing its thing. Things are thriving, things are decaying, like so much earth stuff is happening around you during the fall. Even just taking a walk out in nature is a way to get earthy and to kind of absorb some of what's naturally happening around you. I'm so grateful for my Simply Earth products that give me all of these ingredients and recipes that I need to make my own products because honestly, I didn't have a clue how to do any of that stuff before. Um, and I've gotten a lot of value out of just this whole practice of making my own things. And then there's yoga which is always near and dear to my heart because it makes my body feel amazing. I'm like anything else. And I know that not everybody is into yoga, but a lot of people are. And for people like me, it's a lifesaver. Finding the right practice is key for me. I've definitely tried yoga from different places and different people that the flow just didn't feel right or felt clunky like I was just going through the motions. But for me, the right practice has consistently been yoga with Adrian. My body feels ridiculously better after moving and breathing and releasing that stressful energy that's just like vibrating through me like a hot wire. This is in no way a promotion, but I did start this 30-day center challenge last year, and I found that just about every yoga that I could ever need is in this challenge. This is another thing that I've shortcutted on my phone home screen that says yoga, and it goes straight to that playlist. And then from there, I select what I'm looking for. So something like move, restore, kindness, shift, she does an amazing job of making it feel like you're really practicing that theme. And yoga is where I really start tending to that shoulder and scapula pain that I was talking about. It's always there a little bit. It may be overshadowed by the jaw pain now, but how many of us get like shoulder tension when we get stressed or burned out or neck pain? And what I've really found to be helpful here lately regarding yoga is the eagle arm pose. So putting one arm over the other and clasping your hands. It's funny because I used to do this 
pose, just like standing there and doing it. And I thought that it felt so odd and awkward and funky. And I was wondering, what is the point in even doing this? But with one of these centering practices, it's the move one, for those of you who are curious, there's a lot of movement and rotating the torso with that position. And it does a great job of really just stretching and moving and kind of grinding around the scapula and shoulder muscles. That has been incredible. So I've been doing that one a whole lot more. It's a tip for anybody else who gets a little back tension when they're feeling stressed. And then rescheduling. This is, again, getting back to the root of the problem and making sure that even if I feel better at this point, that I'm making better decisions going forward and that I'm not getting myself back into a state of anxiety or burnout. More often than not, it came from overcommitting to projects and not allowing myself enough space in my schedule. We're trying to accomplish perfection in a short period of time, which we all know isn't possible anyway, but sometimes I still try to do it and don't give myself enough time to even do a really Really good job on something. So this is a key sign that I need to move things around and extend deadlines to something more healthy and realistic. It happens. I don't enjoy pushing things back, but in the grand scheme of things, a few weeks or even a few months isn't going to change the trajectory of my life or my business. But losing quality time with the people I love might. And doing damage to my mind and my body might. So I always make it a point to check in with myself and my priorities, and I know what my priorities are. And I also know that when I'm not living according to those priorities, I start feeling out of balance and I start feeling burnout. And it can be especially important to look at your schedule and reevaluate what your goals are for the year or what they were for the year and for the final quarter and for the holidays. Like there are a lot of busy planning times and calendar heavy times that happen in the fall and leading into the winter. And so reevaluating where you are and being okay with yourself taking more time than you expected, giving yourself that grace can be really huge in your self-care. And this is the time to do it. So I find that when I'm pushing myself too hard with content creation or work projects or home projects, and I don't listen to the symptoms like we can all do sometimes, not listen to the symptoms and just power through, that general stress can turn quickly into burnout. And so I think this is why I respond so strongly to things like yoga and meditation, because I do have the tendency to push myself and to not stop until something is done. So while I do think that these tools are for everyone, I think that people who are naturally inclined to overdo it probably get even more benefit than those who don't have that tendency. 